0: miss a show. All your faves ready and waiting on the ESPN Chicago app. You are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000.
1: Tyler Rocky in for Waddle and Sylvie today as we bring you the Dukes-Mayo post-game post show. I'd like to discuss, Tyler, as we're fresh off of a Maryland victory, and what has become, I do believe, the most anticipated moments during the bowl se- season these days, and that is the Dukes-Mayo bath, which just occurred momentarily. However, I do think the mark has been missed The fact that there was very little coverage in the initial post-game show of today's Mm -hmm. Duke's Mayo Bowl. I think we are responsible for bringing our listeners the moment, which I do think has become one of the most anticipated moments in bowl season. And that is when the winner is doused with a cooler full of mayo. Now, this year, we've had a bit of a diversion from the past because... The Maryland
2: head coach was sporting a big hat. Yes, Mike Loxley. Uh, the big hat, and remember, like the big hat was kind of made famous out in the the DMV area there with Brian Robinson a couple weeks ago. Well, it was a primetime game. Was that a Monday night game? Was it, was it? A- I don't know. Was it I I don't know if Maybe it was. It I think it was actually a Sunday game, but it got a lot of,
1: because I remember vaguely remember like Sunday night football, uh, not Sunday night football, but on the Sunday night broadcast, I remember seeing the clip of him in the locker room kind of going viral. You might be right, but I'll, I'll, figure, I'll figure out exactly what happened. But yes, Brian Robinson, Washington commander's running back, was the one who kind of brought the big hat style in vogue here. Mm-hmm. And now Maryland's head coach, after a win, is sporting the big hats and thus kind of defeating the purpose of the mayo bath, in my opinion.
2: Well, I, I got to say, a, a mayo bath, just even hearing it, it kind of makes my skin crawl. I'm not, I'm not team mayo. Not one bit. I despise mayonnaise, and I do think they're doing this absolutely
1: wrong. And I don't know when it's been going on for 10 years now around that. It seems I feel like it's been about 10 years that uh, the Dukes mayo bowl has been giving the bath to the winner. It should go to the losing coach. (laughs) The losing head coach should be the one who's forced to sit in the chair while the winning team gets to pour the
2: mayo on him, so you're saying it's like the MVP of, uh, of of college bowl season, like how Trubisky won the MVP, and now all of a sudden we you can't vote for the bad players but anymore. No, no, but,
1: but remember this that was different because the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon valuable player that Trubisky uh-huh. won was given to him because of the voting, right? Right. More, yeah, more yeah. than anything else, this should be a bath of shame, yeah. a mayonnaise bath of shame. And they've been doing it wrong for however long they've been doing it. It absolutely should go to the losing head coach who has to wallow in a mayonnaise bath of shame.
2: And it shouldn't be like on the. It has to be like a tunnel, a tunnel bath too. Like you're walking back through the tunnel, and maybe like you've got like a, a line of like fans. They each have like their own tub so, and you just so douse multiple them on the way. dousing. Yes, yes, maybe,
1: maybe, maybe, just like the entire team as they walk back <laughs> through the tunnel. Has to take a bath of shame. You know what? That's we can expand it. That's a lot of mayonnaise, but I don't know. You know how much? It's Duke's
2: mayo. I mean, don't they have like the endless
1: supply or whatever? Like, but. If they don't want to do it, then, then... Yeah, no, no. But that's the thing. They've been doing it wrong for years now. It absolutely should not be the winning head coach who has to take the bath. It should go to the losing head coach. And think about how much more motivated you would be to win your game. Yeah,
2: it would probably, outside of the playoff, probably be the most motivated to win a bowl game of any of the other bowl games out there. It's ridiculous the winning head coach has to sit there and take the bath. <laughs> because think about it. You As I was it's laying a it out... presentation, too. Like, that is... Pretty much what their trophy presentation is is head coach gets dumped with mayo. Yeah, so it's terrible. It's the
1: like you want to win the game, of course, but I've, this could be if you're the head coach of a team that's won the Mayo Bowl, it could be the worst one you ever have to deal with. There's nothing good about taking a mayonnaise bath. I'm curious too. Feel free to chime in if you have a thought on this. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is Miller and Akiyarn for Waddle and Sylvie today. What is the worst condiment you would have to bathe in? Mayonnaise is right up there. It is. There's very few that rival how bad mayonnaise are. And so it could be, I, I think we might be able to come up with a few that are worse, but mayonnaise might be amongst the top condiments that are worst possible to take a bath in.
2: Okay, so a couple come to mind right away. Mm-hmm. Obviously, hot sauce, that's just going to be painful. Right. in the right? Oh, anything in the eyes. Yeah, that,
1: yeah. Hot sauce might be worse because if you think about it, that will linger. It'll burn your lips too. Just think about... I'm trying to, like, if you've ever cut onions and mm-hmm. accidentally, like, rubbed your eyes, yeah, that feels like it never goes away. Right. It goes on for way too, like, throughout the day, yeah. you're dealing with, you know, onions and your eyes watering if you've ever accidentally touched your eyes while cutting onions. Right. So, hot sauce somewhere in your eyes... You would have to, you know what? You, if we do the hot sauce, you got to bust out the goggles style, like yeah. after your uh, uh-huh. a victory celebration. Some ski in, goggles, yes. just like the
2: people with the champagne in the the locker room, absolutely. And stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hot sauce has to wear goggles if you're doing that. Yeah. My other one that I would say is terrible is ketchup. Yes. And I say this because I remember when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. One time at lunch, I spilled a little ketchup on my on like my sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And the vinegar smell that is just there the rest of the day is disgusting. So ketchup is also on my list of you would not want to bathe in that. Yeah, let's
1: be honest. Most condiments are not high on the list of things you yeah. want to bathe in. in mustard, fact, I think it would be all right. Mustard is probably one of the top. Yeah, I would if say... If you have to choose between the... <sighs> Although I guess it depends. Now we're getting into what types of mustards, too, because there's so many variations, Right. you know, okay. um, depending on, you know, how strong the mustard yeah. smell is, right? I think that's, how long is it going to linger? That's Not the question. a Dijon,
2: but I would, do a, I would do a yellow mustard. I think I'd rather, I'd prefer the Dijon
1: to uh, really? to the okay. yellow, I think. But you know, that's probably just a taste preference thing. I prefer <laughs> Dijon mustard to actual yellow, yellow mustard. Uh-huh. So I, that's probably why I'm going in that direction. An aioli or maybe
2: a soy sauce. Not. Soy sauce wouldn't be bad. It would get a little sticky, maybe, but like,
1: I think I think anything that we're going to toss out yeah. here is going to be. Isn't aioli basically mayo too? That's true. Yeah, I mean, true. I, again, yeah, it's yeah. more of a, just a variation mm-hmm. in some ways of the mayonnaise. But again, I do think they're doing it absolutely wrong. I do think the losing team should be forced to deal with this this quote theory yeah. celebration. Yeah,
2: I, I like the the have them go through the tunnel, and then you have like, I don't like. Fans from the other team, like you get students from the other team and from the other team's school and they're there with the, waiting yeah. for the mayo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody gets maybe like a little
2: packet that they can toss. A tunnel of in the shame. direction. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. Trying to think through other
2: possibilities that would not be great. Barbecue so, sauce would probably be fine. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's in like the, the, the mustard class there. Um, relish. Where does relish fall for you? Relish. I mean, you know. I always view like relish is like more, almost like a accoutrement. It's still, it's still a condiment, though. I feel like no, it's it's no doubt a condiment, but it it feels like the others is like more sauce, whereas that, yeah, more more food, closer to liquid. Right, like like the others are more Mm -hmm.
1: like liquidy. The what we're discussing here, whereas uh, if you were to eat it straight, I would say you drink sauce, but you eat relish. I think I probably agree with that. Let's try Susan in Lockboard, who has to uh, straighten us out on something. Susan, you're on Waddle and Sylvie with Mellor and Aki in today. What's up?
3: You guys are missing the point on the mayonnaise.
1: Mm -hmm. Hit us.
3: You bathe in mustard. Mustard is going to dry out your skin. Mustard is going to wreak havoc with what little
1: hair you have on the top of your head. Whereas mayonnaise, you put mayonnaise It's based in oil, it's going to give you a nice, luxurious feel. Okay? I think that's why the winning coach gets it. All right, All right, Susan, Susan do you have experience uh, bathing
3: in mayonnaise? I do have uh, a little bit of experience with mayonnaise, although I won't go
2: into what I bathe in. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Keep it personal. Thanks for checking in. We do appreciate
2: it. Um, All right. I so, personally... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I When I'm talking about the context of getting bathed in a condiment here, I'm talking about like the immediate um, feeling, ramfica- ramifications yeah. and, and punishment of it. Whereas uh, the long-term, Susan's probably right. It is probably mustard's the Mustard yeah.
1: Mustard's going to dry out your skin. The truth yeah. is, though, you hope you can hit the shower fairly quickly after right. the bath, mm-hmm. which is why I do think, um, again, I'm still think, thinking that Duke's Mayo has been getting this wrong for years now. It absolutely should be. And, and I guess, practical purposes, the losing head coach is already annoyed, probably, by the way the, yeah. game, the game played out. Mm-hmm. So now asking them to go ahead and sit in the chair and watch allow, allow the opponents oh, to be the yeah. one to do- douse it on you is probably going to add an element here where again though i think it actually
2: adds some more intrigue to the game right uh, well think about it too like college football coaches are already insane human beings absolutely and then imagine being that pr person you just lost the the, <laughs> the bowl game you got to pull coaches aside and say, Hey, hey, coach! Uh, just a reminder: don't, don't forget we got to do the, the mayonnaise bath after. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, can you you got five minutes? Yes. Think about like all the classic, you know, tirades you've had from head coaches and
1: right. press conferences. This would just lead to numerous, you know, situations where the coaches would be going off in a, in a tirade if they had if they were forced to sit through it. I, I really
2: want this going forward. Imagine it was like so. You know how in the NCAA tournament, once you get to like the Final Four, Elite Eight stage. Uh, Dana Jacobson always does the the interview with the losing coach like Mm -hmm. 10-15 minutes after like in that setting you're talking to the losing coach in comes the mayonnaise bath after and it's just it's a disaster
1: 312-332-3776 if you'd like to chime in and let us know what condiment you think would be worse to bathe in up next this is Waddle and Sylvie which means it's time for Waddle's World
0: here on ESPN 1000 please is Waddle's world, and in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run; he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend, amazing nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you're here? As we go inside Waddle's world.
2: Waddle's World is brought to you by Wind Trust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wind Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us member F D I C. So no Tom Waddle today. Tyler Rocky and Jeff Meller in for Waddle and Sylvie. Let's get you a little bit of what's going on in bowl season right now. We were just talking about the Dukes Mayo Bowl where Maryland beat NC State 16 to 12. Couple other bowl games going on right now. The Tex Slayer Gator Bowl has South Carolina up 21-7. to The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Mm -hmm. featuring UCLA and Pitt Bruins up 21-14 in the third quarter there. Later on tonight, it'll be the Barstool Sports Bowl with Wyoming and Ohio and then the Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson. How about the Orange Bowl, too? Like, orange teams, too. Like, signature orange colors, too, with Tennessee and Clemson going head-to-head in the orange bowl tonight. Are you you're out on bowl season, right? In regards to I'm I'm not out on it, but it's definitely
1: lost the significance that it once had for me. I was telling you yesterday when we were in for Cap and J Hood, there was a time when bowl season and New Year's Day in particular, of course it couldn't fall on a Sunday because obviously the NFL is right. king, but whenever New Year's Day the six other years you know when it wouldn't be on an actual sunday new year's day was reserved for college football and the significance of it was something to behold because it just like we kind of like anticipate the nfl playoffs i felt like back in the day in the throughout the you know the 80s and 90s before the bcs kind of entered in before you had an actual national champion crowned on the field when it was actually left to the voters because there was a voting element that came into play for the national championship, bowl games had much more meaning to them. There was never a guy, there were never guys opting out beforehand because mm-hmm. every bowl game was treated by the program like it was their Super Bowl. Yeah. And in some ways, it was for a lot of teams because frequently, if you had a good showing and you went undefeated, You had to go out and put on a show because you were trying to impress voters. Style points. To go ahead and vote for you. And, you know, that element has definitely been lost now because of the college football playoff. And it all started with the BCS. Yeah.
2: So, and then we've got the the playoff tomorrow. First game, TCU-Michigan at 3 o'clock. And then Ohio State and Georgia at 7 o'clock. We'll talk a little bit more about the college football playoff uh, later on in the show. Some NFL stuff for you. The Dolphins have ruled out quarterback Tua Vailoa. It'll be Teddy Bridgewater getting the start against the Patriots after Tua suffered a- another concussion in the Dolphins' loss to the Packers last week.
1: The Dolphins are in good shape because they have Bridgewater water available yeah. as a backup. So certainly they're better with Tua, but Bridgewater, the drop-off, isn't that significant. So I do feel like they're in decent shape to go ahead and beat the Patriots tomorrow on, on Sunday. But, of course... They're going to have to play their best because New England, you never know quite what you're going to get, but you're usually going to get a competent effort from a Belichick defense.
2: Yeah. The, the other thing, too, in, in this, I, I believe the, the Dolphins opened up at so one-and-a-half-point favorites, and the Patriots are now two-and-a-half-point favorites. So it's flipped four points. I don't think the drop-off two out of Bridgewater is four points. No,
1: I don't at all. That's, you know, that definitely is interesting, especially when New England has struggled as much as they have offensively. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The game is um, in New England,
1: but... yeah huh that's that's interesting to me i think i lean towards miami believe it or not in that one
2: yeah i'm i think i'm with you there um well, let's see the eagles still sorting through their choice of quarterback ahead of the potential nfc home field clincher is it going to be jalen hurts or is it going to be gardner Minshew? remember jalen hurts injured his throwing shoulder uh, against the bears a couple weeks ago here at soldier field uh but hurts is listed as doubtful so we usually know when you see that doubtful tag that the uh, the quarterback will not play.
1: This game's really interesting, too, because not only do the Eagles have the opportunity to clinch the NFC, but they have the Saints' first-round pick. That's right. So this is the rare opportunity for a team to double-dip in regards to the win helping their playoff position and also helping their draft status if they can go ahead and put the... Uh, loss on the Saints, so very interesting for the the Eagles. Of course, like you said, with Hertz listed as doubtful, you have to believe that uh, it's likely we'll see Gardner Minshew. Yeah,
2: and listen, like Gardner Minshew gave that team a chance to win last week, and I think he could do much of the same against the Saints too. Uh, so I, I think that you're not. Another solid
1: backup quarterback yeah, option. Yeah, exactly. He and Bridgewater are two of the better ones across the NFL.
2: Yeah, very few guys can you expect to go out there and get you. I mean, twenty-eight points against the Cowboys too, and that game was on the road as well. Like that, that was a really strong performance from from Minshew. Um, unfortunately, the defense couldn't keep up, much like the the uh, Cowboys' defense could when they had the pick six as well. Um, One more uh, quarterback note here. Lamar Jackson is out again. It'll be Tyler Huntley at quarterback for the fourth straight game. And I think Bears fans are watching this. uh, keeping an eye, at least, on the Ravens because they do control that second round draft pick that the Bears got back in the, the Roquan Smith trade. So even though yeah you're looking at a pick that's going to be in the 50s but you're still keeping an eye on it
1: that's the sunday night game Steelers at the ravens of course one of the hardest hitting rivalries out there and the ravens defense has quietly been playing much better as of late basically since they added roquan smith so they've been able to fix some of their defensive issues and they will need to lean on the defense again without lamar jackson
2: uh, we got the Bears injury report here um, today. Chase Claypool was limited in practice. He's listed as questionable. Dante Pettis also limited at practice. He's questionable. Equanimius St. Brown, he was a full participant, so he's off the injury report after not practicing Wednesday. Limited Thursday, full go today, so he should suit up for the Bears. Um, and then Trayvon Wesco is questionable. The only players out will be Sterling Weatherford. He's out with an illness. And then Jatir Carter, he's been on the injury report the last couple of games. He's also out, offensive lineman for the Bears. But everything else seems like it's good to go. A full week of full participation from Tevin Jenkins, too. So that's a good sign for the Bears this week.
1: And I think Chase Claypool is the name that stands out. Clearly, Bears fans want to see... Him show some chemistry with Justin Fields before the season ends, and it is positive news that he has been a limited participant the last couple of days. So you think there's certainly uh, a possibility he will be out there on Sunday when the Bears take on the Lions? Yeah,
2: it's it's that knee injury that you saw happen against the Packers, and, and it, honestly, I think when everyone saw that injury, we thought, oh, yeah, the that fi- might be, that could be the season. That was certainly yeah, it was one of those ones that looked pretty bad. But and then the fact that he came back in was. the shocker of all shockers in that game too yeah
1: so hopefully Um, he can get out there and show uh show bears fans that he's actually assimilating himself inside the offense a little bit better than what they've seen so far
2: yeah and and in this game against the lions too like you're gonna have controlled conditions inside a dome too with justin fields you're not going to be battling the elements like you have the last couple of weeks, the wind, uh, the cold as well. So this could be a good little spot for if if we do see Chase Claypool to maybe have one of those breakout games for him. Yeah, and plenty more to talk
1: about with the Bears and Lions, of course, which we will do throughout the show here on Waddle and Sylvia.
2: Elsewhere, uh, Pele died yesterday at the age of 82. I know you're the the soccer savant here on this show, but Pele is one of those names that even me, someone who doesn't follow the sport, you Mm -hmm. know the name. Right.
1: Yeah. No. It's, listen. It's it's Jordan. It's Muhammad Ali. When you're talking about the undeniably greatest of all time in their sport, Pele was that for soccer. Certainly, I think you know the the more recent Messi Ronaldo conversations have been interesting. But Pele gets the goat status in soccer. Uh, yeah, it was sad to see that he did die yesterday at the age of as you mentioned 82 uh glad he actually did get to see and make it through one final world cup mm-hmm. you know see Messi go on and I think all you need to know is about Pelé if you maybe what you if you're not a huge soccer fan what you may not be aware of like the reason and I think uh I think Zetterman actually asked me this a couple weeks ago but the reason the number 10 is important in soccer wow. is Pelé because essentially him wearing that number is the reason every great player wants to wear number 10. It's, it's like an honor. If right. you get to wear the number 10 as a, you know, you know a key uh, offensive player on your team on your soccer, your attacking player, it's it's like an honor. Hey, you get to be our number 10 because of
2: what Pelé did in that jersey. Yeah, that's that's cool to see too that it gets passed down like that and it like it's one thing It's not quite like what 23 is in basketball. Like 23, you see players pick 23, whereas soccer, it's like it's given to you, isn't it? More so? No, yeah, you definitely. Well,
1: it's interesting. Yeah, I I do think there is definitely an element of earned, you know, Mm -hmm. earning the number 10 for your team. Usually it is somewhat apparent. Sometimes you'll see guys who want it and believe they're better than they actually are from time to time but yes there's definitely an element where you have to earn the number 10 and then once you have it it's a huge responsibility as well so yes pele the greatest of all time in soccer uh rest in peace to
2: the king beautiful game um the nba has suspended 11 players that were involved in the magic and pistons altercation why is that important well the bulls are playing the pistons tonight so, uh, guard Killian Hayes has been suspended three games without pay. Uh, Mo Wagner has been suspended two games. Hamadou Diallo's gotten one game as well. Um, in addition, Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, Gary Harris, Kavon Harris, and Admiral Schofield and Franz Wagner, and uh, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. have each been given one game for leaving the bench. So, uh, mostly Matt, I mean, Jeez, that's like the entire Magic roster. Yeah, and they're they're actually
1: going to have to stagger some of their suspensions so that they have uh, a minimum of eight players available to them. Mm -hmm. But yes, the Bulls do benefit from the fact that uh, a few Pistons players will
2: not be available tonight when they uh, play the Bulls at the UC. Yeah, so it'll be uh, no Killian Hayes tonight. Tonight will be game one of his three-game suspension. And Diallo, too, right? And uh, let's see. I think Diallo. Diallo. Diallo, Yes, Diallo. He got the two games, so he will also be missing tonight's game as well. Um, yeah, so the Bulls they take on the Pistons tonight see what, and they're trying to, to continue their winning ways as well. Um, here's another uh, NFL story for you here. Jerry Judy defends Russell Wilson. I saw this. Says the, the quarterback is a, a good teammate and we've seen time and time again a lot of, especially a lot of former Seahawks. It's been interesting to see on both sides of the ball too, mm-hmm. come out and kind of take some jabs at Russell Wilson, his character and who he is in the locker room. But Jerry Judy coming out and, and defending uh, his four, or his current quarterback, and Jerry Judy tweeted out, I never had a teammate who motivates me more than Russell Wilson. And uh, K.J. Hamler also came to his defense as well, saying that three, which is Wilson's number, goes above and beyond to do whatever it takes to win for the team. So.
1: Yeah. He, listen, he's a... He's an easy target. It is good for once to see somebody some of his teammates coming to his defense. I believe that Judy called him incomparable when it comes to work ethic. So and and that's really the one thing where I don't think Russ's work ethic has ever been in question. No. Everybody knows that he he
2: will, you know, not let hard work get in the way. When he uh, spends a million dollar on his body, a million yeah. dollars a year on his body just to keep it in condition yeah and so when you're you know
1: an elite athlete it's commendable that you're willing to do that the problem for him is you know his demand to want to play in certain types of offenses and I think we're clearly seeing now we saw it this year right now it'll be interesting to see who the Broncos turn to as their next head coach and if they can get the best out of Russell Wilson because clearly that's going to be the biggest task for them Nathaniel Hackett seems like he was overmatched as a head coach. Yeah. So it's not all on Russell Wilson. But his falling out, I think he was largely largely responsible for in Seattle, right? Yeah. So he needs to show in Denver now that it's not all about him, that he can go ahead and and ingratiate himself to his – next head coach to the team and they can get the best out of him because they are pot committed with his salary and his big contract for at least the next two or three years whether they like it or not
2: no doubt yeah and it's interesting too because in seattle where you've got the older head coach who's probably on his last contract and pete carroll seattle picked the coach and the culture over the quarterback whereas denver is picking the quarterback over co- the coach and whatever culture he was trying to institute there. And I get you made the big trade. So you're, you're investing all that in the quarterback. but um, and, and also, good luck moving Russ.
1: Yeah, too. listen, I'll, they're not going to be able to trade, trade him. They're stuck with him. It's interesting because in Chicago, there was a real conversation about whether or not the yeah. Bears could land Russell Wilson. The timing didn't work out for them. And so fortunately, I think we're seeing, right, Ryan Pace – was forced to go ahead and do it in the draft because he couldn't make the move for Russell Wilson. But we know they were hot after Russell Wilson. And so I think Bears fans, the one takeaway here is, you know, less than a year removed in his tenure with the Denver Broncos. Be very happy and feel fortunate that Ryan Pace was not able to go ahead and pull off a trade for Russell Wilson because I think you're saying I don't think things would have changed or been much different here in Chicago than the way they currently
2: played out, especially if if Matt Nagy was the head coach. Well, think about it, too. Like, you're talking about Nathaniel Hackett and and Luke Getze, all from the same tree, too. So there's no guarantees that this thing is any different here in Chicago. And there's much, much better talent out there in Denver on the offensive side of the the football. Offensive line, receivers, what have you. Yeah, Uh,
1: unquestionably. So. Count your blessings, Bears fans, that yep. uh, they dodged that bullet. Yeah.
2: Uh, Jair Alexander is not buying all in on the Justin Jefferson hype.
0: He don't jump in no super suit and get dressed and jump out high. You know what I mean? I don't either,
2: sometimes. But, you know, like, he human, is what I'm saying. So, like, it ain't, you
0: know, we ain't putting too much on us on nobody. He's a really good receiver by the end of the day. I'm a really good corner. We got really good corners. We got really good, you know, linebackers. So, hey. D-line, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, you don't want to put too much focus on that one person because, like, know, first game, that was a fluke. First
1: game, first game was a fluke. When Justin oh Jefferson in, the, in week one torched, and I mean he torched. Jair Alexander for a couple of touchdowns. I believe he went for it was 190, 184 yards. Most catchers. of that
2: was in the first half.
1: Yes, and you're it? right. You're absolutely right. He scored his first the two touchdowns in the first half. I think
2: he only had one or two catches. He, was, the over, half. he was
1: easily over a hundred in the first half. You're right about that. Um, Jair Alexander saying he's not wearing a super suit. I think he means you know? I think he was going for the Superman cape. Yeah. Where is my super suit? So um, interesting. We'll see if that. Uh, How that plays out this week, right? Because this is a huge showdown for both the Vikings who have an opportunity to eliminate the Packers from playoff contention. And I don't know if Bears fans got a chance, but yet again, Aaron Rodgers went to the well of the Vikings are our biggest division rival this week. Kind of throwing some salt in the wounds of Bears fans because they obviously are top the division. So this one is motivation for both teams. The Packers trying to stay alive for the NFC playoffs. Yeah,
2: I, that's going to be one of the better games on the slate this weekend. And seeing the, the resurgent Packers this year, I think it, it's good for what kind of football we're going to be watching towards the end of this season. And listen, the the Vikings have just kind of hung around in a lot of these one-possession games and then turned it on at the end. So two games left for Justin Jefferson, who needs to average 122
1: yards per game over the next two games to hit 2,000 yards receiving. He'd be the first receiver to do it. Um, It would set an NFL record. So clearly he's got some motivation. But we'll see if the Vikings will be playing anybody in next week's game against the Bears. Right? They may not have any. They may be stuck in their spot in the NFC, not playing for a bye. So they may be looking to rest their most important players and Jefferson is clearly their most yes important player. yes
2: he is the most important player none of the the uh, Kirk Cousins MVP t- Justin Jefferson has more yards after catch than any other receiver in football right now he's so and it's like almost I think it's a little over 600 yards after the catch it's crazy when you
1: look at he's the I, I would you agree he's the best receiver in football yes no doubt
2: um I think well, last year it was Devante this year it's
1: Justin Jefferson
2: or Cooper was last year. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. but, And but like, if you had to say, okay, I'm taking one wide receiver going forward right now. He, I think he would be because of his yeah. age and because mm-hmm. of what he's doing statistically. He is the best in the league. But don't forget, I mean, he was traded. The pick he was traded for,
2: they was, traded Stefan Diggs for that pick. You know, every, everyone he's says, one of the best. yeah, everyone says like, oh, that's like both teams made out well in that trade, right? But can you imagine Josh Allen with Justin Jefferson? I mean, they'd be. I, I don't think there'd be
1: much difference, to be honest you don't think with so? you. No, I think I think because I think Stefan Diggs is that good as well. I, I honestly like if Jefferson was. It's not like I don't think Jefferson would be getting more yardage necessarily with Allen than he is right now. I think actually Kirk sometimes feeds Jefferson, you know, more than he's he needs to. He has other options mm-hmm. as well. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think part of Josh Allen being, you know what he knows he knows how to spread it around a little bit like they've got gabriel davis they've mm-hmm. got dawson knox they've got a pretty solid running game you know they can utilize uh they're utilizing james cook more this year so i think i think the, pro- the thing is that Allen just knows how to spread it around a little bit
2: that's fair yeah uh when we come back we will play a game we like to call florida or ohio
0: chicago's home for sports is on twitch Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. You're listening to Waddle and Silk on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for for sports. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation public drunkenness, exotic animals, dumb criminals, random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home.
1: Once a week, we always do Florida or Ohio on Waddle & Sylvie. Meller & Aki in for the guys today. Who's this uh, fine segment sponsored by,
3: Charlie? It is brought to us by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. What do we got for today? Where are we causing trouble today? All right. We have a man who poops in court flings feces at judge and then it gets real weird okay interesting court officials say a man defecated during his criminal trial and tried to throw his feces at the judge but that's not all the 33 year old man was given charges of burglary and grand theft he was sitting in a wheelchair next to the judge when officials say he tried to throw his excrement at her before closing arguments began
2: well that's one way to to woo the jury um Let's see. I feel like he probably had a uh,
1: an inkling of which direction the verdict was going to go. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, if that's your move, you
3: you may be surprised. If okay. uh, so, luckily it missed, and we're also glad to say there were no jurors present. The man yelled at the judge, "It's protein. It's good for you." <laughs> Dozens of corrections officers responded. The trial was moved while the courtroom was sanitized. Later, a jury acquitted him of the burglary charges, although he still faces.
1: Another trial for Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, and I I do feel like that could uh, hinder on assaults, throwing yeah. uh, your feces at a judge. Yeah. I feel like you've just made
2: uh, made another ch- uh, tr- uh, at least some attempted a something. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with this. Feels like this feels like Tallahassee, crazy. I'm gonna go Tallahassee, Florida.
1: Yeah, I, I rarely go to the Buckeye State and Ohio when I'm playing this game, and this is no different. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I will say Destin Beach, Florida. One of these days I'm going to find an Ohio one, but you are right. It was Miami,
3: Florida, actually, but you are correct. All it right. is a Florida man All right.
1: story. Go with the odds. You're usually yeah. in good shape when you're playing the game Florida, Ohio, Florida. A, uh, a high win rate yes. when you go down that road. <laughs> you're always going to be ahead if you go with Florida. It's like taking mm-hmm. the under. Yeah, basically, you're right. Good good call there, Charlie. Mellor and Aki in for Waddle and Sylvie today. Up next, we will catch you up on what's going on up at Hallis Hall today, what you may have missed from Luke Getze, Bears offensive coordinator, as he met the media yesterday. And are the Bears set to make a move for a new big boss, somebody above
0: Ryan Poles? We'll dis- discuss that next year on Waddle and Sylvie.